You're listening to the Numbers Matter Podcast, the official podcast of Numbers Matter Accounting and Bookkeeping. Hi, I'm Chris with Numbers Matter, and here we are at another podcast episode with my um, friend, business coach, and author, Christy Stroud. Hi, Chris. Today, we have a tough um, subject, fear of filing taxes. Yes. So, one of the things that I see frequently is, especially if somebody gets behind, I'm not a tax professional, that's Chris's job, but some people will, clients will come and talk to me and in the course of discussing their business and their numbers and stuff, often I find that they have not filed their taxes. And it's one thing not to have filed for a year, but once you've not filed for two years, then there's this thing that happens where people just get terrified of filing. They think, I don't know what exactly, like that they're going to go to a debtor's prison or something, which we don't have anymore. We never did have in the United States. And a major fear that, I don't know, the IRS is going to come in and steal, not steal, but, you know, take their house and their car and their children and their dog. And the fear just compounds and compounds. And I know that's not the case. That's not your experience with the IRS or or catching people up on filing late. So what is your experience? Uh, My experience is that we have had a lot of clients in the last couple of years who are in what we call non-filing status. So that would be more than one or two years behind in their taxes. Uh, The IRS has a particular um, um, standard on how that's resolved. Uh, We refer to it as the coming clean process. If you haven't filed your taxes for 10 years, um, you're really, the IRS is going to want you to file the six most recent. So uh, that is, you know, sometimes an onerous task, especially if businesses are involved. So there's usually a lot of data. Sometimes the business owner doesn't have, you know, easily accessible records. So that can be something that we've got to resolve. Uh, But for the most part, we don't ever see an an experience where the IRS has reacted negatively in any way toward the taxpayer whatsoever. I think it's important to note for those that have some sort of fear about the IRS that only uh, 0.06% of IRS agents are armed. (laughs) And those IRS agents are going after cartel leaders and drug dealers <laughs> and the mafia. They're not going after someone who's behind on their taxes. No, it's so true. I mean, I hate to admit, I have had my interactions with the IRS, not recently, but 20 years ago. And they, you know, they didn't come in with a gun for sure. They just want their money. They just want you to be honest and come clean the best you can and just pay what you owe. Just like every other American, you know, it's it's not it's not like an onerous, terrible thing that they're asking for, I don't think. I think they're just asking for compliance so we can build some roads and, you know, build some schools. So I want to ask you, when somebody is non-compliant and they need to go back and file five years ago and they don't have the data, what do you do? So the first thing we do is that we uh, pull the IRS transcripts for their social security number and their EIN, and we go backwards in time toward the period in which we need to file the tax return. So 
possibly that's the six most recent years. Although usually as we get closer to this time, people have better records. Then we take a look at what the transcripts say. In the best case scenario, the IRS has not filed a tax return on the taxpayer's behalf. If they have, then we see that and we don't really have to file the downside to that is those types of tax returns are not dischargeable in bankruptcy. They also will not include the um, expenses that you might have had that they don't know about. They usually will just include the income that they know about. So they'll have copies of your W-2 or copies of your 1099s that are sent in, other types of statements. Uh, so usually those tax returns would be incorrect from a taxpayer perspective. However, there's a three-year statute. So if the uh, IRS filed returns are older than three years. There's nothing we can do about that. If they're if they're not in statute, if they're not in that period, they could be amended with the correct information. So the first place we start is there. Then we see if the taxpayer has access to the bank accounts, credit card statements. Um, it's somewhat easier if they are on a W-2 as opposed to being self-employed because the data would be less. Uh, we can get uh, um, basically from the transcripts, we'll have the W-2 information within it. So that's easy to get those filed. For the self-employed, it is more difficult. So we've got to look through bank statements, credit card statements. Even if the client's using something like QuickBooks Online or we put them in there, usually bank feeds will not go back that far in time. So there is a manual part of that. But for the most part, what we found is that we can put together a pretty good semblance of data It's if it matches the transcript for the IRS, even if chosen for audit on those returns, the IRS doesn't really have any more information that we could put together. So the end result will be approximately what we think that it should be. Yeah. So the, I, the moral of the story is it's always fixable. That There's no tax filing that is impossible to figure out. What we did notice in COVID is that lots of people did not file their taxes. So now we're talking about 1920, 21. Now we've just finished 22. So they're going to have at least those four years available. If you are a non-filer before COVID, that isn't really your reason not to file. You just were a non-filer before COVID and then you were a non-filer after COVID. But we do see a lot of that. Um, and economic situations have changed. So this morning we met with someone who needs to have uh, 19, 20, and 21 filed. They made a lot of money. That changed during COVID. So now they don't really make very much money. And that may or may not change. So the strategy there would be is we need to file the taxes. They probably are going to owe around 150 to 200,000. One strategy might involve them being on a payment plan for three years. If the IRS has not filed your taxes for you and they're filed after three years, you can discharge them in bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a program of last resort, but if your situation has dramatically changed from the time in which you had the money, um, that is an option of resolution. Another option would be just to file your returns and you're going to pay them. Uh, you can work out with the IRS a payment program. If the amount of tax you owe is less than 50000 you don't even have to talk to the IRS about that. There's a really great online website at the IRS site that will set up the payment plan for you. Mm -hmm. The only problem, which isn't a problem, is that once you are in a payment plan, you must always file your taxes on time. Yeah, which actually is probably a good thing. I'd like to <laughs> spend 
five seconds talking about how awesome it is to file your taxes on time. It's so much easier to sleep at night. It's easier to sleep at night, but also what we've encountered over the last couple of years is that, um, for example, in the fall, a lot of clients uh, came to us and we're going to do their 2022 tax return, but we didn't do their 21 tax return. And in some cases, it's the client's fault. They didn't get the information to the tax preparer. Uh, We know of a firm in town who has this theory that if you file your taxes electronically on the last day that they're due, that your audit risk is minimized, which is like an urban legend. (laughs) It conveniently allows the accounting firm that much time to get the returns done. (laughs) That's really smart. Yeah. But the obstacle is if your tax return as an individual um, has a business flow through income, like you've got a partnership or an S-corp, you've got a K-1, and your tax returns are filed October 15th, by the time that we can put a tax plan together, you don't have very much time to do anything about that. It's better to file your taxes on time. In the case of an entity, it's usually March 15th and then personal April 15th, because then you've got eight months to do tax planning that will really make a big transformative difference in your tax liability. And you won't be crunched at the last moment of the year to try to get that figured out. Yeah, that's the other good reason to file your taxes on time is so you can have some planning and some some planning time and some thinking time to minimize. I know we want to minimize our taxes. And at the same time, I'm sort of a secret fan of taxes, <laughs> not for everything, but just, I mean, not to not to pay like tons and tons of money, but taxes are the things that make it so we have roads and schools and all that stuff. And I sort of think about that when I file my own taxes. It's sort of goofy a little bit, but I feel like it's a, my, I feel like a patriot when I pay taxes. I will note for our listeners <laughs> that it is uh, early, mid to late January as we're taping this podcast That's and right. Christy already has her tax data over. So... <laughs> She will have her taxes filed in a timely manner. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I just think there's an old saying on this about the stock market, you know, that bulls make money and bears make money and pigs get slaughtered. (laughs) (laughs) And and the same thing with taxes, you know, I mean, you don't want to just like not file them at all and you don't want to not pay attention. There's a definite middle road there that's peaceful and that makes us all part of the United States of America. It also allows you to do things that you can't do if you don't have your taxes filed. So for example, if you are licensed in a particular way, which requires them to look at your um, tax return or be in compliance or sign off on that, you will not get Mm relicensed if you are not in compliance. The other uh, thing that's really um, super important that is somewhat related If you want to get a home mortgage or you want to refinance your mortgage, even though mortgage professionals can do really creative things at this point, including basically um, stated income mortgages, you still have to have your tax return done. Yeah, yeah, you do. And uh, the more creative the thing that the mortgage broker has to do, the more expensive your loan is. Exactly. So there's, you know, many reasons to file your taxes and there really aren't great reasons not to, to not get out of your non-filing status. Yeah. It's not a scary situation. No, it's not a scary situation. I think that's probably the bottom line, you know, all my patriotic patriotic talk aside. It's not that it's not so onerous. It's not terrible. It's not like uh, you know, you don't have to give your firstborn kid and five qu- quarts of blood. Yeah. The re- the most recent ones that we've cleaned up 
uh, discuss how much they freedom that they yes. have, how much weight has lifted off of them. They yes. don't worry about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a funny, it's a funny unintended consequence. But um, filing your taxes produces freedom. So we definitely recommend being in <laughs> compliance with your taxes. Yes, we do. Thank you for listening to the Numbers Matter podcast. Episodes are released monthly. Check out Numbers Matter at our website, nmaab.com. If you or anyone you know are in need of accounting services in the greater Phoenix area, feel free to reach out at the contact page on our website, or you can send an email to chris at nmaab.com. You can also give us a call at 602-614-3404. This has been a T-Door production. Theme music by RKVC.